This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Hello, world. Welcome to the Mile High Fi Podcast. My name is Carl Jensen, here with my co-host. I'm Doug Cunnington. Doug, so we kind of, I told you this in a text message, we kind of spontaneously, not kind of, we did, we spontaneously bought another house. And as of right now, we haven't closed on it yet, but that is for next week. This seems sudden. Um, I recently bought a new guitar, which was a spontaneous purchase and, you know, kind of fun, a little expensive even, but not as big as a house. So <laughs> what, what is going on? What, what, what'd you do? Yeah, it's pretty weird to say we spontaneously bought another house. I, I can't pass up a good deal, which is probably a personality flaw on my part. And you could tell me your thought on this after we go through the whole story, but our friends had actually moved into our neighborhood, the Waffles. We interviewed them on a previous episode. We'll put a link in the show notes and they were on two episodes. Uh, Mr. Waffle is also on our hot sauce tasting. We'll have him on again sometime soon, but they bought a house in our neighborhood. So I started paying attention we would talk to them all the time and i noticed the house right next to them looked like people were moving out or something was going on with that i knew i saw a very elderly lady living there it looked like uh, she might have been moving out to the nursing home so then ray told me uh hey they have a handyman coming over here to to, to, to fix things up. If you want to talk to him and see what's going on with his house, you can. So I did, I went over there and talked to him and he's like, yeah, um, the owner is, is going to a nursing home and they're probably looking to sell this home in June. I'm like, oh, that's pretty interesting. Uh, here, here's our card. If they're ever interested at, at doing a deal before they put it on the market, let us know about that. So I didn't really expect anything to cover, to come of it. And this is something I do all the time just to see if, uh, like a good deal can, can happen. You got to throw your line out uh, frequently and often. So like a week or two later, it was actually Mindy's card. She gets a call saying, oh yeah, that they're interested in, in selling it to you if you want to go look at it. So we went over there and looked at it and the house is about 40 years old. It has never been updated. In addition to that, they did some pretty weird things inside the house. <laughs> the house for the interior doors, they used all sliding glass doors. Huh. And the house used to have a two-story atrium, so they they put plants in the basement, and they didn't have a first floor in part of it, and these plants would grow up like through the floor, which is pretty weird, right? And, and they've yeah. since done away with that, but the house hasn't been updated. So, But it's a great location and not a heavy lift as far as fixing it up. But Mitty and I talked, I'm like, the last thing I want is another fixer-upper. We're still not done with our current house two and a half years later. I do not want to fix up another house. And then they get back to us with a price, and it was it was pretty low. I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty good. We could deal with that. Uh, probably we'd have to come see the house, and then we'll go from there. 
So we went and saw the house a short time later, and it turns out it needs a little bit w- more work than we thought. So we made an offer. I don't know if I want to get too much into the numbers yet. Maybe we'll mm-hmm. we'll save that for another one. But we made an offer fifty thousand less than what they threw up. They're like, "Well, can you go up ten thousand higher, and then we could do a deal?" I'm like, "Um, let us think about that." Uh, to back up a second, this house needs work, and. The main thing I always think about when I'm buying a house, even before we ever buy a house, is, is the exit strategy. How are we going to get rid of this thing and how is it going to benefit us? We've never bought, uh, I guess we did one time, but we rarely buy a perfect house. We need one that we know we can put a little bit of sweat equ- equity into and get some upside from it on the back end. So this house, I'm like, what are we going to do with this thing? Do we rent it? Do we just try to fix and flip it? Do we try to do something else? And what we landed on was we think this house could make pretty good money as a furnished rental. We're we're not going to Airbnb it, but uh, there's traveling nurses and people like that who need a rental for longer than 30 days, but maybe not a whole year uh, that you can charge a premium from. And especially now, there's a big demand for this type of thing with the fires we had uh, at the end of last year, like a thousand people without a house. So we could potentially provide a place for someone to live. So we agreed on the number and and that's it. They agreed too. We're supposed to close next week by the time this airs. I'm sure we will have closed on it. Um, but the thing I like about this house is there is multiple exit strategies. Even after we put money into it, we think it's probably worth 150000 in a fixed up state, probably 150000 more than we'll have into it. Uh so we could rent the thing, uh, do the furnished rental, or else we could just turn around and sell it too. And I'm not quite sure what we'll do with it. We're leaning towards the furnished rental, but we mm-hmm. will see. Gotcha. And well, very interesting overall. What's the time frame? What's your estimate for the fix up and renovation to be complete? Yeah, so the interesting thing about this, one good way to get a house is to make the deal as easy as possible for the sellers. So we told them, hey, we're not going to do any inspection except what we've done already and a sewer inspection because that can be pretty uh, expensive if the sewer is wrong. Like we know it needs a new roof. We know the mechanicals are old. We know what's going into it and we've already factored that in, into the price. So we said, we'll buy it as is and we can close fast. We can close in seven days and you can leave whatever you want there. There was a lot of stuff in the house, uh, 40 years of, of accumulation Wow. And I, I think that appe- appealed to him, but you asked what the timeline is. I went off on a little bit of a tangent there. Uh, I want to leave the summer open. We've got a lot going on. So what we're going to do with it is we have a lot of friends coming into town. Uh, we're going to let people use it, but not touch it. I'll, I'll mow the lawn and not do anything. When the kids go back to school, we will fix it up at that time. That'll probably take uh, four to six weeks. Uh, Mindy is actually going to film it for a little documentary series on a bigger pockets YouTube channel. I'm not sure which one. And then we will decide what to do with it after that. So it'll probably be, I would say September or October before it's done. And before we can either rent it or just turn around and sell it. Got it. So four to six weeks to yeah. do the work. Okay. Yeah. And there's one key thing that I'll, I will say with this one, uh, I'm not burned out on houses, but I don't really want to do it anymore. We don't need the money. I find it kind of fun, but I don't want this to consume my life. So uh, we're actually hiring someone to help out with it. Our, our mutual friend, Eric, who may be on the podcast soon. 
So I'm going to bring in help and one of his, someone he works with too. So we're going to be very strategic and surgical about it. We'll probably have, this is probably a longer conversation, but we're going to take the summer to decide exactly what we're going to do with it. Probably have all the materials on hand. Stuff can still be hard to source like Ikea cabinets are still things you can't get for months. So if we do do that, we'll order all that as soon as possible. Everything will be sitting in the garage. So when the time comes to work on it, we'll be able to crank it out as efficiently and quickly as possible. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering who was going to help you because you've mentioned before, it's tough to get uh, contractors and other, you know, skilled folks to come in and do work for you. So it's a friend. Yeah. And it turns out this is a perfect skill set because there's still stuff he doesn't do that I know how to do, but what he knows how to do and what he likes to do is a perfect fit for it. And if he didn't, I talked to him before we even closed on this deal. And if he wouldn't have been willing to help, I don't think I would have done it. And there's still risk there. Something could happen to him. He might back out, in which case we'll have to go through it and perhaps find someone else. But I was going to say, Doug, this is an opportunity if there's anyone local in the area that wants to, uh, even if you don't have skills, uh, yeah, we're we're looking for help. I would take as much help as I could with this. And this isn't a volunteer gig. I'm definitely paying people. Even if you just want to learn, I'm sure you could help out with some of this. Um, yeah, and see see the process and maybe be on Mindy's YouTube channel if that appeals to you. Okay, nice. And for reference, how many rental properties have you guys owned and or worked with over the years? Yeah, so I've had two different rentals. Uh, one was back in Illinois. The other one was our past home here in Longmont. We have never had a negative experience with rentals, but I'm also very, very, very cautious about who we let in. A lot of you read about a lot of landlords on bigger pockets, and they're like, "Oh, I don't want a month of vacancy." You know, I'd rather have a month of vacancy as opposed to three months of rehab when the tenant trashes the place and you got to evict them. So we've always been very careful with that, and that's one of the things I like about the furnished rental. I think you're getting a different rental, a different renter maybe someone from the insurance company. So they're paying. You don't have to worry about them not paying, things like that. So we've always had we've always had positive experience with rentals. And I think the numbers on this one could work in such a way that if the home is paid off, it could probably fund like our lives completely. This little spontaneous investment that we stumbled upon could completely pay all our living expenses, which is kind of Crazy. spectacular. Yeah, we've got all these <laughs> stocks and all this other saving, but this one thing, could do it. And it'll take a while to pay off. By the way, we're using a, a marginal loan to buy it, which is a pretty risky thing in a environment where interest mm-hmm. rates are rising. It's still under 2%, but it has been going up as the Fed raises rates. So that might be something we have to consider down the line, like paying off this line of credit, maybe doing a refi, but those rates have gone up too. Everything's up. Right. Well, and I was going to say, would you would you get a mortgage on it and to pay back that loan or what? Uh, if rates dropped like now, it would be close to 6% and uh, the margin is under 2%. So there's no way I would do that right now, but who knows what rates are going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people think they might fall off. They might go back down. If they did, I would do that. If not, if rates continue to go up, I would probably sell some investments at the beginning of every year. I wouldn't do it this year, but maybe January 2nd. 
we hit the sell button on some of our post-tax investments and pay this down a little bit and also funnel any money that we make from the rental directly into the into the mortgage or into the margin line of credit. Another thing that comes to mind is just the opportunities that pop up. And I'll put some context around this. So it sounds like this was a fantastic opportunity. The math that you just mentioned where potentially like having this rental property could fund your expenses and like that's pretty amazing. It's in the neighborhood too. Super convenient for you guys to keep an eye on and all that. As my business has grown and as I was actually when I was sort of coming up and I was seeing like I could be successful, all of a sudden I started seeing opportunities everywhere different business ideas. Um, And I won't go into all the details, but basically I was like, there's too much to do. Like there's too many things that I can get into. And I was having a hard time, like not starting new, new things and getting myself a little too busy. So again, it looks like this one is a really good deal and the math works out great, but is it hard to pump the brakes and just like not buy, you, you were like, hey, I like to get a good deal. It was a good deal. It looks like it's going to work out pretty good. But if you keep looking, like you'll keep finding new good deals all the time. And is there a point where it's like you have enough and you're like, I'm not trying to get more stuff? Yeah, that's a great question. One things I, one of the things I thought of was if we had like 2x our, our net worth, would we be doing this? Like maybe, maybe not. Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, I guess these deals, I only do a deal if it's a total slam dunk. There's one quote I like and it goes, I don't know who originally said this, but overnight success is often followed by like decades of hard work or whatever. So we walk our neighborhood every night. I could probably tell you every house that's gone for sale in the next two years, in the past two years, what they've gone for, what the state of the house is. So as a result of doing that, I can look at a house and tell like, instantly whether what they want for is, is a good deal, a great deal, or like a total home run. This one is a home run. Um, and not many come about like that. You said you saw lots of opportunities, but with us, there's lots of them. But at this point in life, I'll only take one if it's a very, very sure thing and we can completely knock it out of the park with the numbers and it's not going to complicate my life anymore. Like, like with our past house, it was a heavy lift, and I knew going into it I would do most of the work myself. This one, the amount of work is probably 10% of the amount of work on our current house. And even with that, my default was to say, no, I'm not going to do this unless I can hire someone who's going to help me out on it. And it's got to be – that person has to be a proven entity, hence mm. our mutual friend. So, yeah, I, I could tell my thought processes are changing. Uh, yeah, it, the other there's one other aspect to this house that was pretty important that I did not mention. Our current house has four beds and four baths. Uh, uh, we have kids. We use a lot of the space, but it's still a pretty ridiculously sized house. They're going to be out, uh, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> in like six or seven years. So our thought is this house could be our exit plan. We like the neighborhood. We like the neighbors. Our friends live right next door to this house. So one of the key thoughts we had in buying this was we saw our current big house move into this one. So our current house is a four, four. This is a three, two, three beds and two baths about a little bit over half the size of our current one. So it would be a good place to be empty nesters. It would be a good empty nest. Okay. 
Cool. That makes sense. Awesome. Well, anything else on the house? Yeah. I'm just curious for you, Doug. It is, it is hard to pass up. Even I heard someone say this on a podcast. It might've been the guy who wrote, uh, uh, Cal Newport might've said this, but he's like, yeah, I'm always looking. He said he walked into a Home Depot and they had a, a help wanted side. And I don't know if he was full of shit, but he's like, yeah, I was kind of like interested in it. And I'm like, why would that guy be interested in that? But it's hard to pass up money. And I, I think that is the personality for like, once you have enough, you should just call it. And unless you would do it for free, unless you truly, genuinely enjoy doing the thing, and that's what you wake up and want to do, I think you you shouldn't do it. And I'm much better than I used to be, but I don't think I'm perfect on that yet. I still have a little bit of work left to do. And it, the, what's that, Nate Silver? It's got to be a hell yeah. And uh, Derek Sivers. Yeah. Derek. Why do I say the wrong thing? Derek Sivers. Yeah. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> But yeah, uh, getting better, but still not perfect. I think this will be good, though, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again soon. But yeah, again, if anyone wants to help, it's a paid gig. Uh, send us a note or leave a comment on the YouTube channel. We'll be in touch. Yeah, what, uh, what are you going to pay? What are the rates? I don't know. For unskilled labor, if you're just like carrying heavy stuff out, like people are expensive. And I believe in paying people what they're worth, probably 20 to 25 bucks an hour. That's just carrying stuff stuff to the dumpster or doing demo work. Uh, more if you've got skills and can work hard efficiently. Um, yeah. What, what if you have a, um, what if you have a truck that can haul stuff? That'd be something like 60 bucks an hour, right? Yeah. If you've got a pickup truck, everyone needs someone with a, everyone knows someone with a pickup, but I think we actually, when we went to do the sewer line inspection, I think they have cleared most of the house out. It's pretty funny. With moving rates, they're probably paying more to move stuff out than it's worth. But eh, what, what do I know? Maybe there are some treasures in there. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Very good. Well, keep us posted and it'll be, um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah. All right. And one, one final thought here. Um, we have our uh, shirtless competition coming up. Uh, have you been thinking about that? Have you been posing and taking more pictures of yourself without a shirt? Yeah, I've been dreading that a little bit, actually, Doug, because uh, I was sick and I didn't do any weight exercises for a couple of weeks. And uh, I thought I'd be on. The, so my trajectory was two parts where I lose weight because you can't really gain muscle and lose weight at the same time. So I lose weight and then pivot to the weight, but I haven't been really able to pivot to the weight training and all the protein stuff that much. I've, I do it all along. I think strength training is important for everyone, but I haven't been able to put my focus on uh, weight gain as of yet. So yeah, it, it, uh, part one of this uh, might not end well for me. Uh, yeah, we may, maybe we could talk about it again in uh, another short episode, but I mean, I'm, I'm ready. I actually recently got my uh, chest and back waxed. So that was quite an experience. Have you have you ever had that done? Uh, I've not had that done. Okay. No wear on your body. <laughs> I don't have much hair. Okay. Uh, um, one way we could do this are you, are you going to go to the at uh, that hoop loggers beer tasting festival that I say in the text for? Or? Oh yeah, I think. Did you get your tickets already? I did. Yeah. Okay, I haven't gotten them yet, Ooh, but um, they, there's an outdoor pool. Like they put pools out there and it's okay. outdoors, so we could uh, we could do it there. Nice. Okay. That that could be interesting. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it. But yeah, for people, if anyone is attending that, uh, shoot us an email. It is, uh, yeah, you could look it up. It's at uh, Wibby Brewing. 
July, right? Yep, July. Okay, cool. All right, well, we got to get you waxed too, buddy. So maybe we can get a sponsor out of that. Carl's Hot Chest Wax or something. Awesome. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast and I'm Doug Cunnington, the balder host. And Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five and uh, actually we don't give high fives in, in person so the virtual kind's pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using, and that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week. Bye.